Welcome back to the Make Them Notice podcast, episode four. I'm your co-host, Daniel Mogg. I've got Rohan Kumar hanging out in the West East office. Rohan, it's your first time on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And you just went to Coachella, correct? I did. I did. So hopefully my voice isn't too raspy for everybody. <laughs> now, you've been going for a couple years now, right? Yep. This is my third year. All right. So... I need. To, I've never been to Coachella. I don't know that I'll ever go. Maybe I'm like super bougie. Maybe if it was like VIP. If it's super <laughs> bougie, Coachella's the place you want to be to. <laughs> now, but you've done both, right? You've done like the college. I'm camping out, and then you just you did the house thing. Yes. This year. Yeah, I've done the I've done the camping when you don't you have your uh, tent blow away and you're just looking <laughs> up at the stars every night after stargazing. That. Stargazing, literally. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've done. Thankfully, this year we were in a house. Um, and I have to say, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to camping. Yes, thankfully we were in a house this year. It changes the experience completely. Um, I still he graduated. I gra- yeah, I graduated to a house. Big, big moves, big moves. <laughs> but uh, nothing, nothing will beat being able to wake up in the morning, take a shower, cook an actual breakfast. I got used to uh, dumping some cold water on my head, oh maybe rubbing some shampoo, body wash in, and then eating a Cliff Bar. <laughs> so... I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's grueling. Camping not. is grueling. I could uh, not do it. What yeah. uh so okay, so say I'm going to Coachella. Like what do you recommend? How far in advance like what's the process? I know like the tickets they announce it super early, you don't know who's gonna be there. Like h- how does all of that work? So you have to commit to going pretty early on, especially if you wanna go weekend one. Tickets will sell out in about three to five minutes. That's insane. Yeah. For both wild. weekends? For both weekends. It's pretty much instantaneous. Um, and so in, unless you're committed to getting them right when they go on sale, you pretty much have to try your luck on Craigslist or some other resale site. Um, and then once you decide to go, you get a group together. You would definitely have to find a house. There's no way you're camping. Um, and then yeah, there's no way I'm camping. Yeah, from there you lock in the place, uh, lock in the house, lock in the group. You fly in the Palm Springs or L.A.? It doesn't matter? Uh really doesn't matter too much um but if you're going to be renting a house it's probably just easier to to just uber from the airport in palm springs to wherever your house is and then from there um you got to make sure you get enough food water pedialyte is a lifesaver we bought <laughs> major <laughs> key <laughs> yeah major key major key we were at a house of 10 people and we probably went through 40 of them <laughs> so oh uh yeah yeah drink one of those in the morning and it'll set you straight for the rest of the day now do you do you Uber to uh, to like the actual site or is it do you walk there? Is it like we uh, we lifted? That was the the secret uh. that we learned this year. The Uber lot is way more packed, way more crazy than the Lyft lot. Okay. So I guess secret for all you guys out there, take a Lyft in uh, because it's just an instant drop off. Uh, you don't have to wait in a long line of, of cars moving at a snail's pace to get into the festival. Yeah, because I would think like. I would say getting there is not too bad, but after the show, I'm sure it's just madhouse. Absolute like after madhouse. It's over. Absolute madhouse, yeah. Everyone was just kind of shuffling along out of Beyonce at this, you know, one mile an hour walk with your head down because everyone's exhausted. And you pretty much have to walk a mile from the festival grounds to where you get picked up, unless you're camping, of course, and you just walk to your campsite. But it's about a mile and a half walk. takes you about 20 minutes. Um, and then you have to wait for the car to come pull in and pick you up. So it's a uh, So it's you're a looking process. like a good, like, two hours once the show's over to leave. To get home, I to say. To get home. Yeah, yeah. You're oh. you got to plan out exactly, you know, how to make yourself last the whole day long. 
So yeah, I would just need like VIP with a, with like <laughs> a helicopter. Or exactly, yeah, you need a helicopter, you need like teleportation go. machine. But it's it's I think you know it's one of the more fun weekends I have every year. Um, it's great to see so many different performers mm-hmm. across see, all exactly. So on uh, today's show, we have a very special guest, Justin Jesso, who we met uh, through Russ and at Russ's house a couple months ago, and we had the privilege of seeing him in concert just a few weeks ago here yeah. in Seattle. And uh, he's with Kygo right now, touring with Kygo. He does the song Stargazing, which I'm sure many of you have heard over the radio, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your music. But um, he's a really great guy, has an, has an amazing story. And here is our interview from Justin Jesso, who just performed on the main stage at Coachella. So our interview with Justin Jesso. Here we go. Stargazing, I still look up, look up, look up for Today's guest is a friend of West to East and just performed huge performance on the main stage at Coachella. We have Justin Jesso, singer-songwriter. Justin, welcome to the Make Them Notice podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was a blast. It was one of those kind of bucket list things. Um, so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I got to do it earlier earlier rather than later. So, um, so for those of you guys who don't know who are listening, um, I wrote a song called Stargazing, uh, which then got picked up by Kygo who's a DJ and uh, he and I went in and he put his touch on it. And then uh, the song did really well. And so Kygo started taking me on tour with him. So it was Kygo's set. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to get to see him both weekends. Experience is awesome. Um, I mean, first of all, just to play in front of that many people is, is such a rush. Um, and I think I heard a number, like it was like 60 to a hundred thousand people were watching our show, which is insane. I might be totally wrong, but that's what I heard. Now, is that the most people you've ever gotten up and performed in front of? Um, we did somewhere around those same numbers for Lollapalooza in, uh, Brazil. Um, so it felt similar to that, um, in terms of sheer numbers of people watching, I think when you add in people who watch the live stream as well, I think it probably got more than that. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, certainly to, to, to feel that audience is, um, you know, a whole different level of power. Um, so the experience on stage was awesome. I was lucky enough I got to share the stage weekend one with um, with – uh, I can't even remember who came out weekend one. Was weekend two was Ariana. Yes, it was Jamie Fox, who was amazing. He sang "Sexual Healing." Um, uh, weekend pretty, two we pretty had big deal. He's he's a pretty big deal. Um, uh, <laughs> I told him backstage, I was like, "Thank you so much for for warming up the crowd for me. Thank you for opening." <laughs> and he he got a kick out of that. He was very very nice. Yeah. Um, how does your song? Now we got the fortunate opportunity to kind of see you perform live in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. Now what what is your We'll call it game day routine. Look like when you're when you're backstage getting ready to to come out for the song. Are you hyping yourself up, calming yourself down? What what does that look like? I'm usually hyping myself up. Um, the be- I like to wake up, go to the gym. Um, I'm usually you know nine or ten, depending on what country I'm in and how jet lagged I am. <laughs> um, go to the gym. We do sound check usually around three. We get there for lunch around two thirty. Catering's always great. Sound checks usually from like three to five. We all kind of stay and support each other and wait our turn. Then, you know, six to nine is kind of show prep. 
Um, and in that time, I'm warming up my voice again, going to get dinner, um, and just generally getting ready. Right before I go on stage, I, I kind of have the same routine now. Um, it was different for Coachella, but for the for the tour um, that I do with with Kygo and the crew, I'm in the same place in the set most of the time. So two songs before I go on, you know, I'll get to the stage, I'll put my in ears in, I'll do a couple little stretches, and I'll do you uh, do you have like a little ritual you do like right before your your song comes out? Yeah, I do this weird stretch thing where everybody <laughs> stretch, everybody right. backstage looks at me and thinks I'm a weirdo, but it's I'm trying to open up my body, I guess, to vocal cords. you know. Yeah, yeah. Vocal, it, it, tra- it all translates. There you go. Um, yeah. But uh so I do this this weird little twisty like torso thing where I do like like a forward lunge. I'm I'm like I'm doing this as I'm saying it to you so that I can explain <laughs> it correctly. I'm doing like a forward lunge and then I'm like namaste, but I'm putting my hands together in the middle of my chest and then I'm turning and putting my knee and uh, my elbow on the outside of my knee and trying to like open up my, my torso. Okay. So next time I'm about to go onto the karaoke stage, I'm going to break that out. Yes. And hundred percent. As long as I don't fall over, it's guaranteed to help me out. It's even if you fall over, it's guaranteed <laughs> to help you out. Okay. I've definitely fallen over backstage and gotten laughed at. So. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Gives me some hope then. So um, you'll, be, you'll be great at karaoke. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so. So after you were, <laughs> you finished up day one, or even maybe after you guys finished up Kygo's set, did you have any yeah. artists that you were dying to see that you had to you know say, hey, I I got to plan out my whole day, you know, day two, day three, to make sure I yeah. get, get to see these people. Well, so first weekend, we saw The weekend, which was great, and I, I love The weekend, so it was cool. I got to see him twice. Um, but the second weekend, we stayed, and of course, you know, you got to see Beychella. So we <laughs> stayed and saw... Certainly do. ...saw Beyonce, <laughs> who was just the power of her opening was pretty mind-blowing i wasn't actually prepared for it because i thought oh like oh it's beyonce okay oh i've heard her that's great oh i'll go oh i heard destiny child's gonna get back together okay cool i'll go see it yeah i know what's gonna happen yeah there's it's no a way performance, to prepare whatever no way to prepare there's no that. way to prepare for the power that is beyonce i mean the the second her show started i was basically in tears <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my god there's because it's one of those things where like you know, you're seeing everybody else and you've had your show and, you know, you're pretty happy with the job that you did. And you're like, oh, oh my God, I'm on the, you know, how amazing is it to be on this level, right? This Coachella level, which is basically, you know, one of the highest levels of performance. You could, I mean, it's probably arguably the biggest festival in America yeah. yeah, or the most, the coolest or the most anticipated and like, oh my God, it's so cool to be on this level. And then you see someone like Beyonce who just takes the thing to a whole nother level. And it's for me, it was just the realization that there is a whole nother level. I was like, holy shit. Um, but that was, that was a really cool experience to see her. Um, but I was actually really excited to see Miguel because mm. um, I've, been, I've been a fan for years and grew up listening to his music and 
you know, for for my artistic project that that's my music that's coming out. Um, my first single's gonna drop in June. Hey, um, but, there we go. Hey, same same with self promotion. Um, but <laughs> whenever I'm in a studio, um, I, I find myself referencing Miguel all the time, being like, "Give me those Miguel guitars, those really dirty, gritty, yeah, sexy, cool, that sexy, cool vibe that he has." And um, so so I was really excited to see him and see what he does live because I'd never seen him before. And also because the I, I had two amazing Coachella moments outside of being on stage and outside of seeing Beyonce. Wow, that's, um, those are hard to top. The the first one was after my set, I'm talking to these three girls, very cute girls backstage, and Miguel comes around the corner because he performed uh, Weekend 2 with us as well. Okay. And he comes around the corner of the dressing rooms. And he, I, you know, he, I'd never really met him before. I, I talked to him like briefly before he went on, you know, but he comes back. He's like, yo, Jesso, dude, your song was amazing. And I'm like, hey, can you hold on one what? second, Miguel, after <laughs> talk to these girls? So, oh, so you put Miguel on hold. Okay. So I put Miguel on hold and I was like, no, no, no I'm kidding. What's up, Miguel? Uh, and so he was like really complimentary and he was like, you know, you did that thing and it got stuck in my ear and like. You have this voice, and it was just, uh, you know, he kind of kept complimenting me, and I was like, "Holy shit, you don't realize you're like my That's one right. of my idols." That I, is cool. I've loved your music for years. I'm such a fan. Like, you know, if you ever need a writer, like, call me. I'll write for you. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so down. Like, let's collaborate. That's uh, awesome. That was probably the coolest Coachella moment for me. Just that validation from someone like him. Right. Um, you know, and, and it was, it was very genuine and it, it wasn't like, you know, Oh, Hey man, nice job. Like right. it was like, I caught your set. I was incredibly impressed. You know, it was, it was just, I was, I was fangirling a little bit. Um, while, over, over while the fact being that fangirled. He, yeah. So while exactly. being, yeah. While being fangirled. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, well, what, and what, can second, top that? what can top that? <laughs> well, okay, the second Coachella moment, which I'm not even sure I should I should tell anybody, but um, so I grew up watching Entourage. Yep. And as as all of my buddies did, so every Sunday for about six years, ritualistically, my friends would come over to my house and we'd watch Entourage on Sunday nights. Yeah, Rohan and, and I did the same. So oh, yeah, we right. <laughs> so you know, who's Vince? Who's E? I was Vince. My friend was E. My other friend was Drama. Right. You know, and um, so we grew up basically idolizing that life um, and loving that show. And I, in my kind of party with Tygo was um, Adrian Grenier. He stayed at their house, um, so I, I got to spend some time with with him. That's it. That's the end. You peaked. You peaked. I peaked. Yeah. Um. So that was that was pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So you uh got compliments from Miguel and (laughs) and saw Beyonce and and got fangirl. Yeah. And performed main stage at Coachella as the sun was setting. Yeah. Life is good, my friend. I can't complain. Um. I cannot complain at all. All right. So obviously you just had your mountaintop experience. But let's mm-hmm. let's go back, and let's um, let's talk about your story. And I had the fortunate opportunity to hear it in, in Russ's office a few months ago, and thought it was amazing. I would love to share it, you know, for young listeners, young musicians out there who want to who want to make it to the mountaintop, make it to Coachella one day. Would love for you just to uh, 
share a little bit of, bit of your story and where you got started in music. Sure. Well, I think even before that, the, the funny thing is, uh, it's great. I, I've I've been fortunate enough to do some awesome things and, and play Manfredi Coachella, but I really feel like now for me is when it's all beginning. You know, I've worked, um, I've worked for five years these past five years as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of how I broke in. Was I, I went to NYU? I went to the Clive Davis Department of Recorded Music and studied uh, music and songwriting and uh was always writing kind of like julia michaels was and bruno mars was and john legend was some of my inspirations they they started as writers and wrote hits for other people and wrote their way into um being taken seriously as artists Mm. um those are some good people to follow yeah you know megan trainer has that path too charlie puth actually has that path too and we were all um my, my team and I were, were always thinking that that would be my path and, and that, you know, I would have to continue write and write for others, um, which I love doing, by the way, uh, in, in order to eventually have, have people take me serious and go, oh, well, what does he have to say? He can clearly write a song. Um, so I was fortunate over the past five years. Um, I, I got some publishing offers right out of college um and wasn't we're in studios around new york right out of college working on other people's projects and writing songs for pitch and just learning how to be a songwriter and and studying song craft and you know it was a lot of kind of sleepless nights where i was literally in the studio all day and all night working with different people learning um and then my journey kind of took me overseas as a songwriter um, I ended up writing my first big cut was I ended up writing a song in Denmark with a group of people uh, in English that ended up being translated into Spanish and turned into a single for Ricky Martin called Vente Paca. Ah. And that that happened about uh, two Aprils ago, I think. And uh, then it came out uh, and, and did really well. We got nominated for Latin Grammy, which is cool. Um and uh, that was kind of my first calling card. It's like, oh, you know, she actually has something in the marketplace as a writer, um, you know. And and then I would start to take meetings, and and I'd have A and R's that would kind of hear my music and be like, well, we should put this out on you. Um, and then, oh no, no, you know, we have this other kid who's got you know eight million followers on Instagram. Let's just give it to him. Mm. <laughs> so you know, it's this kind of world of this difficult world of, of figuring out how to make people take you seriously as an artist. And, and so what ended up happening was, uh, last August, uh, or July, I wrote, uh, with a couple of friends of mine, Stuart Crichton and Jamie Hartman, I, I wrote the demo of stargazing and, uh, it's a relationship song. It's, it's about my ex-girlfriend. Mm. Um, but uh, the day after we wrote it, on Monday, my publisher, a guy named Hit Baradia, who runs an indie company called Phrase Differently out of the UK, who I signed to, um, sent it on a cold email to Miles Shear, who is Kygo's manager. Okay. And he heard it, fell in love with it, sent it to Kygo, heard it, fell in love with it. The next day they asked us to send them stems. By Wednesday, we had a version back from them. And by wow. Friday, it was a confirmed single. It came out three months later, two months later. Just wow. like that. Um, just like that. Super quick. It doesn't ever happen that quick, but for me it did. 
in terms of a song coming out. Um, and even in the meanwhile, you know, the label wanted to put a big name on the record. They didn't didn't want me on the record because, you know, who wants this songwriter kid mm-hmm. um, who's got a couple of cuts, but no one really cares. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. So they had some other artists cut it. Um, one artist uh, cut it a bunch of times and it was actually Kira, um, which is Tiger's name, uh, Kira Miles, uh, who fought the label um, and basically were like, no, we, we like his voice. He sells the record. It's authentic to him. Hmm. Um, so they fought the label and, and won, and, and I got to stay on the record. That's awesome. Um, what a story. So, so I owe them a lot. And, and then, of course, the record, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what their expectations were, but it, it it certainly exceeded my expectations because um, it kind of kept going. Like we hit Spotify top 20 and then we hit Spotify top 15. Wow. Um, I think we got into the top 10. I don't remember. <laughs> we went, uh, I think, I think it hit like nine. We went, you think, you know, number I, think one on, I think, you know, I think you know exactly uh, where it ended up. We went, we went number one on radio in a couple of countries. Wow. And then he released his Kids in Love album. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought at that point that the song was kind of done. I was like, okay, well, they're shifting gears. They're going to start promoting other stuff. And, um, Stargazing just kept performing and per- still performing better than other songs off that record. So they ended up kind of re-pushing the song a little bit. And um, it, it got a second wind and picked up even more and, you know, then we started going number one on radio and countries, and, and you know, it's still kind of. I think last time I checked, you know, like a week or two ago, it was still like, you know, like in the top two hundred songs on Spotify, getting, you know, over, you know, eight nine mil, eight, eight nine hundred thousand streams a day. I'm sure it's it's still somewhere up there above five hundred thousand, and you know, it's it's still growing, which is crazy to me. Um, what is but, it like uh, in, in the in the moment when you've you've worked your butt off for years, you've stayed up late in the studio, you know, you've slept on couches, done whatever, and and people see you know you performing on on the main stage at Coachella and like you know you think oh they're just guy they're just performer, you know Justin Gesso, but like this whole backstory narrative behind it, what is it like in the moment seeing things just grow exponentially? over time um it's um i'm very grateful i'm i'm very grateful for it I, you know i um it's I, it's an incredible feeling i i kind of check myself probably about two or three times a day yeah and uh you know go holy shit um but i'm also super type a mm-hmm. which means that i'm never satisfied and always looking towards the next thing so um for me, I look at what's ahead and go, oh, my God, I have all this work to do. I have all these deadlines and all these things to accomplish and songs to get done and and music videos to shoot. And, and you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm certainly not at a point where I feel like I can rest. I feel like it's just beginning. And I'm so grateful for, for all of the things that have come my way and, you know, excited to to keep moving forward and build off the back of the momentum. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. pedal, it's pedal to the metal now, right? Oh, hundred percent. Size on the the opportunity. I'm curious, right. who who are the people that you 
have in your mind that you'd love to work with? Like, who are your next people that you're going to potentially now reach out to and say, hey, I have, you know, a song that I think would work perfectly for you. I think I could. Well, Miguel, we know. Obviously. Of course, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, yes. Miguel. I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to call Miguel very, very soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he might call you Miguel, first. You never know. He may. He may. Uh, Miguel, I've got an email open on my computer to Ryan Tedder right now. Oh, um, yeah, he performed with you guys, yeah. Yeah, he did, and he's the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, who else do I have emails open to right now? I can literally look. Uh, who was I? I? There's one other person I was like, I was going to send this to. Um, I don't remember. Oh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, um, I've, I've got an email open to Dave O, who works with Jamie Foxx, and I'm going to send that my single. Okay. Uh, um, I'm obsessed with Bruno Mars. Uh, I love John Legend. Uh, um, I would love to work. With, I, I'm an so my favorites are Michael Jackson, James Brown, Otis Redding, Stevie Wonder, Bill Withers. Um, you know, it would be an honor to work with any of those that are still alive. <laughs> um, well, sp- speaking of Steve, you got to tell the Stevie Wonder story you told us backstage at your show. Oh, that, yes. that is yes. amazing. So I took a Stevie Wonder class in college, and um, it was uh, through this professor named Harry Wanger, who uh, is a friend of mine who used to, or who, who runs the uh, vault essentially, that has all of the Motown old records in it. Um, he works at Universal Music Enterprises, and he's responsible for all the back catalog stuff. Um, so he's teaching the class, and the first day of the Stevie Wonder class, it's about three, 2.59, the class ends at 3, and he goes, hey guys, just hold on one sec, um, I'm going outside, I got a package out there, just like a little gift for you guys, you know, and uh, let me see if it's here. And so he walks out, and I turn to my friend, and I go, he's going to bring Stevie Wonder in or something. Like, I bet you Stevie Wonder's outside. And they're like, nah, but I was joking completely. I did, no, I did not think for a second that Stevie Wonder was, was here. And about two minutes later, in through the door walks Stevie Wonder. That's amazing. And uh, <laughs> in a, into a Stevie Wonder class. Um, so he ended up chatting with us for about an hour and singing a little to us and everybody in the class who's like obsessed with Stevie Wonder because who else is taking a Stevie Wonder class? Exactly, exactly. Um, we were all basically on the floor. Uh, it was it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And somewhere in my phone is a an hour long voice note of the whole thing. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. really cool. Oh, I can't even imagine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so Justin, cool. I'm I'm wondering yes. for all the people who are songwriters right now. How and I'm curious. And so you could give them advice. What was the moment you knew you could make the jump? And I don't know if you already you kind of touched on it briefly. as a songwriter to an artist. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. How does that or in that pro, how does that process even work? Well, I well I signed a deal. I signed a deal to Sony um, a couple of weeks ago, which really isn't announced yet, but Ooh, you guys can tell people. Congratulations! Um, breaking news! Breaking Thank news! You. Breaking news! Making them notice. Uh, making them notice. But. I, you know, now is really the time when the transition starts. I'm still in session. I'm still writing for other people. Um, now is really the time where all the time that I have has to kind of funnel into my own project between touring with, with Kygo and doing promo for my record, which is going to come out in June. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the time that I have to be in the studio, I really need to focus on what, what I'm doing for my project. Um, and still do choice sessions and write for people that I, that I want to write for. I, I think I have date on the books with Noah Cyrus in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, hopefully I get a date on the books with Miguel. Um, Absolutely. You know, but, but it's time for me to focus in on me. And I think I knew I could make that jump probably when stargazing started doing really well um, is when I was like, oh, okay, this is going to come back to me in a, in a way that's going to allow me to do what I've wanted to do for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm so excited to, to do that. Yeah. That's um, so cool. That lifelong dream starts to become reality. Now I know there's a lot of, yeah. you know, there's a lot of kids, a lot of young musicians out there too, who, who are trying to make it or that's their dream now. And they're younger. What, what advice do you have, you know, for young kids, practical, like things they can do to get to. Okay. The next practical, level? practical, mm-hmm. Get an internship and to be the best intern you can be. Hundred like percent, best I like thing that. I ever did. Yeah. Um, I am here because I entered at a publishing company called EMI Music Publishing, which folded. But the guys who ran it, one went to head up Warner Chapel in New York, mm-hmm. and the other one went to head up Sony. And I was the best intern they'd ever had. And because of that, when I came to them after my internship and after I graduated, uh, they put me in, I, I, they asked what I wanted and I said, I want you to put me in sessions. And so I did. Um, and I, they allowed me to work with their writers and put me in rooms and hang around and be a studio rat and learn and absorb. And, um, that was my training. So, so go and find that would have never something happened. in the music business and be mm-hmm. the, the best intern you can be. I love that. Yes. Make yourself invaluable. Go do it because then those people will want to turn around and help. Um, and this industry is so difficult, mm-hmm. and you need those people who want to be your champions um, because it's so cutthroat and everybody's fighting for what essentially is subjective. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think the craft of songwriting is subjective. I, I think there is, you know, that's what I've been studying for the past eight years so Mm -hmm. um there's it's that is not subjective there's a craft you should study it you should learn it you should understand that there's a craft because i think most people don't Mm -hmm. um but i I know this is a bit of a non-sequitur but the way that i guess this is advice too um the way that i always look at it is um when i'm writing a song and for for me as an artist as well um I'm trying to find a balance between accessibility and truth. Hmm. So there's this seed of when I, when I write a song, it's coming from a place of reality. It's coming from my circumstances, coming from something I'm feeling or experiencing or have felt or have experienced. And there's that honesty and that truth that I'm trying to access in order to put it in the song so that people relate. Mm-hmm. But if I'm feeling something, and there's a truth inside me that I'm trying to express, and I express it by just kind of, you know, squirting it out in all different directions. <laughs> um, it's never going to hit anybody. Yeah. So craft is the ability to take that seed, that 
that the truth, raw emotion, the raw emotion, and spin it into something that people can then grab a hold on, grab a hold of, and relate to. And that, to me, is the craft of songwriting. Hmm. That's really well um, That's cool, because I, I don't know anything about songwriting, <laughs> no. so I learned something new today. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, a, it's the same thing in, in anything you're doing, right? right. I, you know, if you're going to make a presentation, there's a craft to how you present the material. Mm-hmm. The material has to be compelling, but so does the presentation, mm-hmm. or else either will resonate. And it's the same with the song. We're just trying to take what we feel and make it resonate. I love that. What I just have more of a, just cur- out of curiosity, like when you're writing a song, do do like the melodies and the musical part come first or the, the lyrics or how, how does that process work? For me, it's pretty different every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always jotting down little ideas. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm also, you know, flexible enough to go into a room and just start with a melody or start on the piano or start with someone else's idea, mm-hmm. um, you know, and figure out how it relates to me. So it really happens a multitude of different ways. Um, a lot of the industry is co-writing. That's what I've been doing mm-hmm. mainly for the past you know, many years is, is people don't, people in the industry are usually writing with other people. There's usually, you know, two or three people in a room creating a song together, um, which most people think it's, you know, just Just, one guy in their bedroom, (laughs) Um, which it can be, but that's not really, yeah. And it is, that's what I do when I'm not in the studio, but that's not really how songs are, are made in the pop industry. It's, It's different every time. Yeah. Um, there, there is no one right way that I, that I do it. Gotcha. Um, it's, it's different every time. Well, speaking of that, um, what's, what, what's next for you? I know you said you got some stuff coming out in June. What, what does the next, you know, little bit look like for Justin? Yeah. So I have a single coming out in June. Um, and, uh, I am up until then I go on tour with Kygo for the U S leg starting on monday um so i'll be out for about two weeks and then i come home for la for a week or two in that time i have to get the cover for the song ready shooting music video and then i'm probably going overseas to start doing promo for the record okay um and then after that i'm not sure um but that's that's what i've planned up until now (laughs) <laughs> wow, that doesn't sound terrible. No, it sounds, busy. No. It sounds very busy. Do you know where you're going overseas? Yeah, uh, Germany. Oh, because okay. um, because I signed to to Germany and Sweden uh, are the two territories that we're going to start with. Gotcha. And Germany's actually a, a really big music market. That um, again, kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. You know, there's a lot of acts um, historically that have broken out of Germany. Some of the more recent ones are, you know, Lana Del Rey was broken out of Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, Dua Lipa had a lot of help in Germany. Um, uh, that song, uh, what's it called? Uh, say you won't let go. Mm. Say you won't let go. That was big first in Germany, and that, it kind of broke from there. That's so fascinating to me. That's how, that's how it all works. Yeah. 
everything. Yeah. Like I, well, I just feel like with my music, it's much more melodic. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's much more musical. And because of that, you know, we're in a pretty hip hop bubble in America right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although my music does lean urban, it's not urban. It's not hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, so overseas is is a little bit friendlier to artists like myself um so to start there makes a lot of sense for me well sweet man well i know you gotta run you sound like a busy busy man but we'd love to have you back on once uh once the music comes out and give you a little love and do it debut some of it here on the on the podcast and awesome blow it up cool cool i love it well, thanks All so right, much guys. for your time, man. I hope Seriously, you, uh, thank you. I can't of course, thank Coachella you. Experience. <laughs> I know. I'm so we didn't get to meet up. Bro, huh? I know, I know. <laughs> I wish we could have. It's such a big place. It's tough. It's tough. I know. And the, there's no phone service, really. No, yeah. not at all. But if you're yeah. going to be there next year, I will see you there. Done. Hopefully. Hopefully main stage again, right? Oh, absolutely. Hopefully my set main. I think it'll be two or three years, but, you know, eventually we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why not you? Yeah, some of the smaller stages are sometimes more fun, too. So it's not all about the main stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Hopefully. Oh, I have no doubt. All right, doubt. guys. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Thanks, Justin. All right. Talk to you guys later. For the Make Them Notice podcast, episode four. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would be so inclined, we would love if you would rate and uh, subscribe our podcast on iTunes or um, Google Play Store, wherever you get your uh, your podcast from. It would really help us out and get the get the word out there. And we'd love to hear from you guys. So make sure you send in your questions at West East Empire. We would love to uh, answer them and get back to you on uh, anything you'd like to learn about marketing, about branding, sports, music, uh, what have you. And so we will see you next time. Rohan, you did a, a great job your first time thank you, on the Make Them Notice podcast. We'll hope you, you guys want me to come back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. We'll see you soon.